going on, guys? Welcome back to the Born or Made podcast. Today, I have a guest on the show that I have been admiring um, and following and friends with for uh, a number of years. Uh, Devin Levesque is an athlete beyond most people's uh, understanding of what it means to be an athlete. The guy does unbelievable things. He inspires millions of people. Um, He is the founder of DML Holdings, which is pretty much his parent company that manages all of his properties um, and businesses. He is a partner at ProMix Nutrition with a buddy, Albert from Soho Strength Lab. Um, He is also a Gymshark athlete and consultant for a number of years. Uh, Devin is one of the sweetest guys I know and one of the humblest guys I know. And Devin also just completed a 26.2 mile marathon in a fucking bear crawl. I don't, I don't know where that came from or how anybody comes through with something like that um, and actually completes it, uh, but he did, and I watched it, and it was unbelievable. Devin, welcome to the show, man. What's up, my dude? I appreciate it. What an intro. I really appreciate it, man. It, it makes me look way cooler than I actually am. I'm stoked, and, and you and I tried getting live when I was in Mexico and like the service in Tulum is just not, it's like non-existent. So apologies on that, but I'm, I'm stoked that we're, we're able to connect on here and yeah, man, I'm stoked to chat it up. All right, Dev. So let me just walk you through what we do here on Born or Made. The idea behind this podcast for me was I wanted to really talk to people like you that have inspired me and many others to try to understand whether you were born with the inherent ability to crush it the way you do, or if you were made over time. Don't answer it yet. I love to get there by hearing your story. I know that you've got a really good one. From as far back as you can remember, what was it like growing up Devin Levesque? My story is definitely interesting, and I never really emphasized on it, probably until the bear crawl, and it kind of helped me. That was like probably the biggest um, takeaway from the bear crawl and like the whole training. And one thing that I noticed, and, and I'll bring this full circle, but being able to really enjoy the process of the training. I was always such a, a guy where, you know, I'm, I'm growing up and I'm like, so obsessed with like the end goal. And I was like, all right, I got to get here. I got to get here. I got to get here. Like I always had like a goal in mind, but what the bear crawl really helped me do over the 12 months that I was training for it and like waking up every day at like 3 a.m., and just going out to a field and bear crawling. It's psychotic to think about. You're just bear crawling for four or five hours. And what I noticed is like being obsessed with the process rather than the angle. And it really changed my whole mentality. The process and you training or you like getting somewhere and like that process, you should be obsessed over that. That's 99.9% of the time. The angle is only 1%. It was cool. It was awesome. It lasted, you know, a week. And I was like, oh, like this hype is cool. But what about the 365 days that I was training to get there? If you're not obsessed with that, um, then you need to like reallocate like where your energy is going, I think. And so being obsessed with the process, I kind of learned with that. And then the other thing that it really helped me do was kind of just like talk and talk about my past. And like, there's a lot of skeletons that start coming out of the closet and you start feeling like a, a weight comes off of you. And so the bear crawl, I did it for mental health and suicide awareness. My father took his life when I was 16 and he was you know, one of my best friends, you know, he, he was my best friend. He was the guy I looked up to. I mean, he, like I was with him every day. Um, my parents were going through a divorce at the time and he was a guy that I was just with, you know, parents get separated, you know, the girls went with him. I went with my dad and like, I was just like with him all the time. And like, I think what 
really probably hurt me. Like when the whole incident happened, um, I just like went into a shell and I just like didn't talk about it for like 10 years. This happened. I can either like screw up my life and like go this way, or I can just like be super driven and get shit done. And like, regardless of the circumstance, also not the best road. And I'll tell you why, when you start going into this like tunnel vision, you don't really focus on like other people's feelings or like really anything. So like probably for the past, you know, up until two, three years ago, I was really just in this tunnel vision where I was just like, go, go, go nonstop focusing on the angle, 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 and like not focusing on it. The bear crawl comes around and I'm, I had to talk about it. I was on the news, you know, people were interviewing me. I had to physically speak out and people were diving in editors, you know, people, you know, podcasts, whatever, like everyone was diving in, tell us about your story. And I was like, I don't really want to talk about that. You know what I mean? I don't really want to talk about my dad. I don't want to talk about like that shitty experience that I went through, you know, when I was 16 years old and like July 18th, it was like the worst day of my life. I don't, why the fuck would I want to talk about that right now? You know what I mean? But it forces you to talk about it. And that's what the bear crawl did. It forced me to talk about it. The first time I talked about it, I was with like my performance coach and I just started like bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, why am I crying? He's like, cause you got to let this shit out, man. Like it's bottled up for the past 10 years. You got to let it out. And I'm like, okay. And then I got it like on an interview with someone else. And, and I like started, let it out, let it out, let it out. I literally have never felt better. 2020 might've been like the worst year for a lot of people, but it was a massive growing year for myself, not business wise, but personally, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything above was like a massive turn in my entire like look on life and like how I should like be looking at health and mental health and whatnot. And that's what really helped me. That's like, you know, just letting it out. It then goes back to like the nurture and nature thing. And like, those are the two main things, by the way. And I'll, I'll kind of like cut it there if you have any questions, but it was definitely like me being able to speak out and not having that like egotistical, like, oh, I can handle all the bullshit. And so that thing, you know, really, really helped me. Um, and then enjoying the process was the other one. Like, those are the two main things I think that I got out of it that really helped. And now I'm, will, I'm like ready to like help the world, like kind of understand those two things. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot, man. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that, that you're, you're opening up that way in, in this opportunity. I mean, you know, I think one thing that I would share on that is, um, I had an experience when I was probably 16, uh, and I had been in and out of my parents' house. I mean, I had a pretty shitty, uh, upbringing in terms of my relationship with my father. So I had a really different experience than you with your father. Um, but, you know, I walked into my, my parents' apartment, um, on the 25th floor of a building. Um, and, uh, it had been after a pretty bad throwdown battle with my dad. I think it was either earlier that day or the night before or something like that. And I walked into the apartment and my dad was sitting in the windowsill. Um, and I pulled my dad out of the windowsill and, um, and he was trying to like hit me as I was doing it. Right. And, he, that moment was the first time that I've ever really, um, wow, I haven't even talked about this. This is crazy. Um, but, um, I remember so clearly that my dad looked at me in the eyes, uh, right then and there. It was the first time I ever really re recognized somebody staring at me in the eyes. And it was such a powerful moment, um, for me that I pulled my dad out of a, out of a window and, and it just, it just, it, it, you know, life is so precious, dude. And, uh, and those moments are like, you know, when, tra dude, it's, it's, it's when tragedy, when, you know, I think adversity has so much to do with, um, 
with drive. You know, I, I, I don't know for you if it was what was initially what kicked it in fifth gear for you. Um, I know for me though, I think I, I had this sort of, um, I know adversity played a role in my success. I just know it did. Um, so I, I am also, I'm a, I'm a guy that I, I do think I was born with an, with a, with a drive of some sort, an obsessive personality that wants to, you know, anything I get, um, anything that, that, that I am excited about or interests me, I really just dive in hard, 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 probably harder than most people. Um, but would you, so b- before, before that happened to you, um, do you remember what it was like? I mean, were, were you a driven guy before that? Fuck yeah, I was <laughs> my whole life. My dad definitely used like reverse psychology on me. I mean, he he played college football. He was a state champion wrestler, you know, professional bodybuilder, owned a, a successful construction company. My grandfather, same mentality, you know, football, you know, professional arm wrestler, professional weightlifter, like the whole. So like you have these like ego competitive dudes that like brought me up, you know, then my mother, she was a competitive arm wrestler as well. Like all these are just like athletes in my family. I mean, I put football pads on when I was six or seven years old and my dad was my coach. You know what I mean? Like he was, you know, he was that guy that, you know, former college guy just coming in and just like taking it harder on me than every other player, you know, hands down. Um, Oh, like if you don't win this game, you're walking home type thing. Honestly, I think that embedded like a, like a competitive um, mentality in me. And my whole thing was, like he'd always tell me whenever I'm working, like get your hands out of your pocket. There's always shit to do. So don't ever like let your hands go in your pocket. Um, and you have to outwork all these guys because you're my son and like, everyone's going to look at you as like, I'm giving it to you, but like you have to outwork them times 10. if like, you really, you know, want to make something on yourself. And I always like, remember those two things. Like I'm going to fucking outwork everyone. I'm never going to have my hands in my pocket. I'm going to always going to keep myself busy with that, you know, having to wake up, you know, with him and like, Definitely didn't have to, but like he would make me, he's like, all right, Dev, you're up, go shovel snow or, or you're coming to work with me or whatever. And like, we're up at four or 5 AM. We're going to a construction site and I'm like scrapping metal or like picking up wood or some bullshit, you know, on the site getting paid nothing. And I think, I mean, he would, he would take care of me, but like, I think that really helped like instill like just like a hard work mentality. And like, this is what you have to do. And like, whether you're doing it in construction, whether you're doing it in business, whether you're doing it, you know, in today's society with social media and all this, like, it's the same thing. If you're, if you're working hard, you can outwork people. I don't care like what degree they have. I can all outwork anyone, you know what I mean? And I'll get the job done. And that's kind of like my mentality ever since that. And then, you know, when he was going through his mental health, you know, instability and whatnot, when I was, it was probably for like a two year span. I was like really noticing it. Like he was a super happy go lucky guy, like just giving, giving, giving. And then all of a sudden, boom, it like switched. And it's like, dang, you're watching it. And so probably from the ages of 14 to 16, I would like noticed it. Then the whole incident happened. And I was like, all right, I'm either going to, you know, figure it out or, you know, what, what am I going to do? And, and honestly, it just put a fire under my ass to like get it done. And I was just like, I want to go, go, go. What I've noticed though, is like, you need to take a step back once in a while because your cortisol levels are, get so high. I'm constantly going, going, going. And you're going to wear yourself out eventually. You know what I mean? And that's where the balance has come into play in the last year of me being like, Deb, take an off day. Don't work on the weekends. Turn your phone off. Leave your phone downstairs. Don't look at it. You don't have to go super hard seven days a week. You can go extra, extra hard four days a week and take three days balance. And so like understanding my life balance, you know, even buying the ranch in Austin, that was like, that's a big mental thing for me, having a place to get away to. And so I think back to like the, 
nature versus nurture. I think all of my sisters, I have four sisters, we've all grown up that way and they're all super competitive people. And I think it's from nurture. I, I really do. I, I think it's from like the way that we were brought up and our, our, our parents were like, you know, pretty hardcore, you know, no junk food, only health. Like you're working out every day. Everyone's playing three sports a year and like no questions asked. Uh, you're working if you want something and just having that mentality from like an early age and then having a trauma when I was 16. And that probably, you know, like I said, put a fire under my ass to get shit done even more. I could have gone in either directions, but I think it was definitely a nurture type thing. You know, you're, you're a dude that's in high demand. Um, you know, people want to work with you from, you know, straight up business brands to consumer goods, to athletic brands. Um, why do you, what do you think it is? Why, why, you know, like you're obviously a great athlete, man. There's no doubt about it. It's energy. If you give me a dollar, I'm giving you a hundred dollars worth of value all day long. I will outvalue anyone and I'll undercut it, but I'm going to give you the most value. And with that is also going to come energy. I, I'm a big believer in positive energy and what you give out into the world is what you're going to get back. You know, the classic book, the secret, it is true. The amount of times I wake up and maybe I have a shitty morning, I immediately try to fix that to make it a good morning, like immediately. Because if I continue, it's, you know, I spill my coffee, my, I trip over something, you know, this isn't done. It's, you start to think that and you're like negative, negative, negative. But if I spill my coffee and I'm like, ah, you know, I could have actually cleaned something up today. This is good. And I switch it real quick. Now everything's back to positive. And so going through my life and just trying to be as positive about the circumstance as possible and about every situation, I think leads to better energy and then attracts better energy and people into your life. And then it's just a snowball effect. All of my friends, I was going through a list. My birthday's coming up, my 29th birthday. We're doing paintball capture the flag on my ranch in Austin. And I'm going through my list and I'm like writing down all my buddies. And they're not necessarily people I grew up with. They're people I've met along the way. And there's about 45 invites going out to all my buddies. And all these motherfuckers are positive. There's not one person that's in my group that's like not open-minded that brings negative energy. They're all open-minded, driven, positive people. And I'm like, dude, it's about to be 80 people, just like positive, like overdose of energy. And like, that's what you need. And that's going to then grill a market into more things and more people and more people. And I think that's the biggest part of why you say I'm sought after. I think it's the energy. It's the positive energy and implementing that into life. We need more positive energy. I don't even turn on the news anymore. It's too negative. I, like if there's a positive news station, I'll go on it. But like, I'm not like anything negative. I'm like, get out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with that. What was your first business venture? First real business venture? I was in college and I was trying to make some extra money on the side. And I went out to, you know, one of the dive bars, you know, you're underage, you're like 18 and like, you're getting in with like the fake IDs and shit. And I got in and I just got out of military academy, like previous, I was at an all boys boarding school. So I was like, ready to have some fun. I was a freshman. I ended up going out, had a great time. I got a DM from the owner the next day. And he's like, we need to talk about, you know, you coming in last night. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. And, uh, I went in and he's like, yo, you were really fun last night. We'd love to have you as like a bartender. And I'm like, let's go. And that was like the first thing I did. And so I started like promoting and like bartending at these bars and making like this extra dough. But yeah, that was like the first, I would say like, as I was young and like growing up with my dad and like my family and whatnot, my mom, I was always doing like construction, like drywall, uh, like mudding and taping and like, you know, scrapping, you know, construction sites. 
And so that was like the real, like, you know, blue collar, nitty gritty, 10 bucks an hour. I was like stoked. And yeah, then I started like kind of coming into the city and, you know, bartending. I was like, wow, this is way easier for $10 an hour than fucking scrap and metal. And so, you know, that obviously, you know, turned some gears. I was like, this is fun. And yeah, kind of went from there. God, man, you know, you say that so like leisurely uh, with drywall and taping, um, you know, that could be one of the most like that could be one of the best skill sets to know, man. I could drywall your whole house right now. I know like the screws, cutting, taping, mudding, the whole, the whole nine yards. But you know, the craziest thing is, is that like, it's a real art form. Actually, like if you, I mean, I'm in the business of, I, I, I mean, for a number of years, the business of building restaurants, right? I mean, open up a bunch of restaurants and like drywalling is like, it's like magic, man. It, it's like, you see these guys come in and you see these walls that, that like they put up and they're like seamless and perfect and beautiful, but you watch the process. And they're actually putting these sheets of, of wall up and then they're taping them and sanding them and put, you know, like, it's just such a beautiful thing. And you could take that skill set anywhere, dude, you could work anywhere, like in any country in the world and be able to do that. My, one of my uncles still owns like a drywall company and like, you know, he's in his fifties and he's still just like, you know, putting up 80 to hundred sheets a day, which is like very impressive and just like ripping it. And I'm like, and he's suit and he's in shape, you know, like he's, he's in great shape. It's a workout. I mean, you're lifting up these sheets, you're holding up, trying to screw definitely getting thrown into that at a young age was, was, uh, probably pretty beneficial now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, I also think just being exposed to that's that kind of work with your hands, right? Just in general, hand-eye coordination, that kind of work with your hands, it builds a level of confidence. My, my business partner at the meatball shop grew up in a construction family and I did not, although my father was a master electrician, he didn't show me shit. Um, and so, but, 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 you know, when Daniel and I opened our first restaurant, we built it together. We didn't hire any, um, we didn't hire any contractors. And so, the confidence that that dude had just from being able to do things in a construction capacity was beyond. I was like, whoa, dude, this guy is, he's a really smart guy. He's an incredible chef, but like his level of confidence because he is not afraid to take a power tool and just throw it into a wall, right? Just like sawzall, like no questions, just like, it's just like second nature. And for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience with that, Man, like the 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 freedom when you're like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to go for it. You know, I remember the first time I'd never worked with a grinder before. And uh, and we and in the restaurant, there were these metal tables that were cemented into the floor. They literally put table bases on the on the floor and then they poured cement over them. the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Never move those tables anywhere <laughs> um, in the event of wanting to have to, like, maybe clean the restaurant. So. I'm like sitting there and he gives me a grinder and he's like, all right, man, you're going to fucking, you're going to grind those table bases out of the cement. And I'm like pretending to think I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, all right, man, you just got to give me, you got to tell me what to do, man. I was so stoked at the end of that job. Like at the end of, of sawing all those, grinding all those table bases off. I was like, this is such a freeing feeling, man. Like I fucking, I like, I wanted to play with power tools forever. Anyway, on a tangent. Um, it's very rewarding. I mean, it, it even, it's even to the point it's like, yeah, you have a dishwasher, but like, sometimes I like to, you know, do my own dishes and like clean them. Cause I'm like, it's so much more rewarding than just like putting it to the side. Like, wow, I actually just cleaned all those. It's like very satisfying. And it's the same thing with like, you know, even, even with the ranch, like we noticed that 
uh, there's a shit ton of cedar trees. And for those that don't know cedar trees, cedar trees basically come in and they just like take up all the water on a property. They just like go in and chokehold all other trees. And so like, they're kind of a nuisance to have. You have to, you have to, you know, property manage and like take some off. And so like, even, you know, taking the chainsaw and like going a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy and I just had both had a chainsaw and we were just, you know, going to town and, and really like creating much more like water potential on the property going through and like, like you're, you're at it for like two, three hours, just taking down trees, bring them up, taking down trees, bringing them up, branches, this, that, that. And it's like, way more rewarding than the full day's week of work, to be honest. Like, it's just yeah. so fun. I mean, granted, I'm not chainsawing and like cutting down trees all day. Um, so I imagine it would probably get pretty like taxing on the body and whatnot. But like, if I can add those, those like really satisfying moments in throughout the week, I'm, I'm stoked. It, it helps balance everything out. All right. I want to get into your, into your fitness stuff. So you, you start in the, in the hospitality business when you're, you know, in, in your late teens and early twenties and you're working in hospitality for, for a number of years, right? I, as I told you about the bartending thing, I was also bar, bar backing at like a restaurant in Long Island. And I was just like, like I'll say it, I was just the best fucking bar back you'll ever have. Like I made these motherfuckers jobs as easy as possible. Like everything's clean. You have everything. I'll, I'll wipe whatever you need down. Like I'm just hustling. I was getting to know people. I started to like the industry. That's probably where I really fell in love with it. Like having control of a restaurant and like kind of knowing like, all right, I'm setting up the tables. I'm cleaning this. I'm taking this. Like it's like kind of gaining control of it. And I think that's probably where I fell in love. And then, you know, in Sinkly, like promoting and bartending at these like other college bars, it was a hospitality. It was like helping take care of people. And I've always been, you know, one to like get back and like help others and like serve others. So that's definitely where I got into it. But fitness, dude, I mean, I, I grew up, like I said, in New Hampshire on a farm and we had a big, a, a very big gym in our house. You know, it was like, it was like three squat racks. You know, there was a tanning bed in there at one point when my mom, you know, tanning was like the hot thing. I mean, there was like two sets of like just massive dumbbells. Like, you know, it was like, I think it was like five to like 150 pounds. You know, people were always coming in and out of our house, like the weightlifting. It was almost like a free gym membership. And so I've been surrounded by this my entire life. I don't know why I didn't get in on it earlier, to be honest. Like I've always played sports. I've never thought of making fitness um, something that you can kind of live off of. And I never thought the shit I was doing was like, I, I don't know. I thought everyone else was doing, it. I was like, I don't know. It's like not that interesting. And then my buddy came to me as I was in the restaurant industry, this kid DJ. And he's like, yo, you got to start posting your workouts online. And I'm like, why? He's like, they're the craziest things I've ever seen. Like you're doing flips off of this shit and like doing this and that. And like, no one's doing that. Like you got to post them. And I'm like, all right. And so I started posting a couple and it was just my style. Like I'd tell people to try it, be safe. Like if you want, but like, this is like me, I'm not a trainer. I'm not certified. I'm just growing up. This is how I train. And this is how I get you done. And a couple of them just started to get picked up barstool ESPN sports center. And that's really when like traction started to gain. And I was like, cool. And brands started to reach out. And I was like, wow, like you could actually probably create like a business out of this. And, uh, and like, it's fun. It doesn't really feel like work to me at all. This is definitely not drywall. Mm -hmm. This is like the lowest touch, like possible work outcome I could probably have. And like, it's so fun. It literally does not feel like work ever. I'm like this, I'm stoked to do this. I'm stoked to like help people out. It's like, they need help, like with fitness or like business. And like, now I've kind of like merged both together. And I'm like, I wake up every day and I'm like, I literally, I, I'm super pumped. I'm like this, 
doesn't feel like work whatsoever. Just fun, you know, especially compared from where I came from drywall and like doing that majority of my childhood. I'm like, come on, like this is, people are going to bitch about this. This is, this is the fun stuff. What is, what is a normal day look like for you? Monday, for instance, I listen to a prayer every morning. Uh, it's usually anywhere from like five to eight minutes. Like I immediately, uh, go get my phone from downstairs and I listen to a prayer. Like before I check any account, it's like, I just have a connection with, you know, Jesus and God. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pray this morning. And so I sit in the bathtub, usually put like Himalayan, uh, like pink salt in there. I put the prayer on, listen to it for like five or six minutes. And I sit in the tub for honestly, maybe like 20 or 30 more minutes. And I just like chill and like think about my day process. Uh, and then it's off to the races, you know, it's fun. Then it's like meetings, calls, meeting up with people, linking people together, you know, staying positive, connecting in any way, shape or form. Like if a company, if we're contracted to a company, you have our entire network and vice versa. So like whatever that entails, you know, just playing chess and like helping companies grow investors, you know, helping, you know, if they need new athletes on a, on a, on a brand. And then, yeah, just helping drive the needle of that company and just continue to push it forward and keep it at top of mind. Um, you know, give, giving the people, you know, what they want for the most part, you know, I just started YouTube, you know, people want to see like more in-depth stuff. So, you know, it's starting to focus on that a little bit, but overall it's like, I have like eight or 9 PM or 9 AM till about 4 PM. And I do that on purpose. I used to do six to like 7 PM, but I was like, Jade, who's like, she, she's, um, she's my assistant and just like helps organize everything. I was like, Jade, what if we practice what we preach and we go even more into balance where you and I only talk from like 10 to 3 PM, five hours a day. That's when we have our meetings. That's when we get shit done. And the rest of the day is for life, doing whatever you want to do in life, just outside of business, but between like 10 and 3 p.m. So we've been trying that for the past couple of months. And it's it's cool. It's like you're just held to a certain time and you're jam-packed in that time, but you're focused and you're, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm I'm really hyper focusing on pushing the needle. But then outside of that, it's uh it's enjoying life. I love that, man. I love that. I think more of us, and I think I actually do believe that this time, this crazy, crazy, we didn't even touch on the crazy year that we've all lived, the year and change. Um, but I do believe, I know for me, man, without a question of a doubt, you know, and I know for a lot of people in my network, uh, this time has opened up that style of thinking for so many more people because we've all been forced in, right? And uh, I know, and I think for you too, right? Like my creative energy really comes from other people. Like I, I don't, I don't love being alone. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't mind being alone, but I really do love creating with others and collaborating with others. And I think the opportunity to be positive really is, is made much more uh, gratifying when you're with other people being positive too. Um, so it's been harder to do that in, in, in this crazy time in the pandemic. Like I'm sitting in my office, but it's, it's really my fucking guest bedroom in my house, you know? And, and this is where I'm at. Like I'm here. I got my fucking treadmill under my desk. Like I sit here or stand here and walk, you know, like I got some good light in here. So, you know, it's, it's like, but I will say that like I've been ending my work days 
at 5.30 every day. I just have. And I start super duper early in the morning. And for me, work is also my fitness, right? Like people are like, oh, you know, oh, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I work out from six o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the morning. And that's part of my work, man, because that gives me that that sets me up for success every single fucking day. Like that is just without that, I'm a I'm useless. You know, through this whole thing, what people have realized, but maybe not put a name to it is like, you're not really getting dressed for work anymore. You're not traveling to work. And that means you don't have to come back from work or get undressed from work. And so you're getting like two, three, four hours back in your day. And like, what are you doing with that time? Are you self-care? Are you working more? Are you focusing on family? And so I've taken that time and I've allocated it. I'm like, I'm going to spend more time, you know, with my dogs. I'm going to take them to the park. I should be taking them to the park more, right? I should be spending time with my girlfriend. I should be focusing maybe more on like my recovery because I'm always go, go, go. That's kind of why I started, you know, implementing the baths and whatnot. It takes about 66 days um, for you to develop a new norm. That's whole Gymshark 66 day challenge, right? We've been in the pandemic way longer than 66 days. And those norms have now become reality. And I'm not changing them. I'm going to continue doing the bath. I'm going to continue taking my dogs to the park. I'm going to continue working, you know, really 10 to 3 p.m. hardcore and having the rest for like my personal life. And those norms aren't going to change. Those are now implemented in my life. And I think that is a positive that I've found in this pandemic. How do you stay present? Um, listening. It's really hard. And I think probably for you as well, we're always, you know, go, go, go. We have all these ideas. We're like trying to collaborate and just do this shit. And our, our head's always turning, which is a blessing and a curse. And I think what I've found that helps me keep grounded and like present is if someone's talking to me, I close my computer, I stop texting and I just listen to you. And that helps me become present, really focused. And dude, it's the hardest thing. I mean, it's hard because my mind, my mind's racing like with a million different things going on. You know what I mean? And being able to be mentally tough and trying to separate like, okay, I have 10 things I'm trying to get done. And this random person wants to talk to me right now. Okay. You got this. Come on, fucking listen, like really focus in, give this person your full attention, respond. You know what I mean? And like, that's a test for me. And that's what I've been working on recently to be more present. How do you feel about the word? No, I love it. I think there's a massive power of no, I use it all the time. And I, I, th I read it in a book maybe like three, four years ago. and. I, uh, I've, I've used it and I've used it to some pretty significant people. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I said no to that person. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dang, like that's, you know, not to like big time someone, but it's a good feeling. And, it, and it's good to know that like, you can say it, you don't have to be a yes person. I'm not a yes person, but saying I was always like, especially as you're growing a business, you're always like, okay, yes, yes, we can make that happen for you. We can do it. You get to a point where like, no. I can't do that. I'm, you know, I defer to someone else or no, it doesn't make sense for our time or no, you know, I, I can't make that, that work this week or whatever. And there, there's a, there's definitely a sense of power to it, but it's also like realistic, you know? And then to be honest, you don't shoot yourself in the foot then, then it's like, okay, no. And you just cancel it there and you don't feel stressed out and you don't wake up with extra anxiety. Like, fuck, I said yes to that person. I have to do it. It's like, no, you just cut it off there and then figure it out accordingly. I agree. Fucking a hundred percent. If somebody, if somebody catches themselves or finds themselves saying yes, often over committing constantly because they're people pleaser or they're trying to grow their brand or they're just trying to like, you know, just they, they don't or, or inexperience. What, what kind of advice can you give somebody to start implementing no more into their lives? 
you need to start now. You need to obviously be careful. Don't just fucking start telling people, no, I can't do that. But I think really start to pick and choose and list out. I use this saying, it's, it's really right here on my wall. Any person, place, or thing that does not add value to your life physically, emotionally, or financially is taking value from you. So if I look at that board and I'm like, they haven't added value physically, they haven't added value emotionally, or they haven't added value financially, I'm going to say no to you. All right, man. I know that I've got you for only a few more minutes. I really just want to finish up by talking about habits. You know, I, I, I believe in my heart of hearts uh, that habits determine your success and failures. And, um, you know, they are what make or break us based on the, the, the habits that we stick to and implement. And sometimes we're doing things that we don't even realize are habits. Uh, but if you, if you peel the tip, peel the onion back a little bit, you're like, Oh shit, I've been doing that consistently forever and ever and ever. It's become so second nature that it's just part of my life. And that play, and that, that is not just positive habits. That's negative as well. I'd love to hear about some habits that you do, um, on a daily basis that you believe make you the man you are today. And I'd also love to hear about a few habits that you've broken over the years, um, and how you were, how you managed to do that. I always pray to God. I, I really believe that, you know, there's a hierarchy in, you know, Jesus. And uh, so I pray every morning. I think it's, it's been inevitable. And I think it also gives you uh, an, an output. It has like another force that you can kind of talk to. It's not a person. It's not a thing. It's, you can't explain it, but like I'm talking to it and I talk to it every day, multiple times a day. I ask for advice. I, I pray. And I think that's like a massive one. The other, I said earlier, never hands in my pocket. And like, it goes deeper than just like, you know, having your hands in your pocket. I'm talking just walking throughout the day and just acting like there's nothing to do. Cause there's always things you can do, you know, always, no matter what. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing that's helped me succeed in certain areas is like always keeping myself busy. And that's something that it's very hard for people to do. Um, cause they're like, what do I do? Like, how, like, where do I start? What do I do? Whatever. And it's like, just keep yourself busy and just keep grinding away and just have fun doing it. But always keep yourself busy. I might get off the phone with Jade and she's like, we're all caught up. And I'm like, no, we're not. Let's go. And I'll just make up 20 different things to do. You know what I mean? And so I think that's like another really good habit. And then exercise. You know, you get this. People are like, hey, like, how do I how do I get in shape? You know, what's the best way to cut weight in 30 days? I'm like, there's no that's not how it works. Like it's I don't even think about it twice about I'm working out today. It's like, it's so inevitable. It's so automatic. It's in my routine. It's like, if I don't sweat today, I feel like my day is definitely not complete. You know, even if I'm just sitting in the sauna or doing a light jog or something like you have to be active. That's what's keeping your entire body. The thing that's driving you, that's, what's keeping it going. You know what I mean? Bad habits listening to people. I'm trying to break that right now. I'm really trying to like dive in random people, people I know, my best friends come over. And sometimes I just don't listen. I'm either on my phone or just not like my girlfriend will look at me. She's like, you're not even thinking about like this right now. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking my head's in a million different places. So I'm really trying to break that habit right now. Just like honing in, focusing and listening to people. Um, another habit that I've broken is not working 24 seven. I think there was a whole Gary Vanderchuk part in our lives, especially entrepreneurs, you see Gary D and you're like, go, go, go. This guy's fucking legend. Like I gotta go. And it's not true. You know, it's not, not, and I love Gary V. Um, but you don't have to go, go, go. That's not 
that's not the goal of life. Mm -hmm. Right. And I used to think it was, I'm like, I got to go, 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 dude, enjoy the freaking process. This is it. Like, enjoy it. As we speak, like take a sec three times throughout the day and be like, I'm alive. I'm healthy. I have friends. My family loves me. Um, I love my family. Think about the things that you can be grateful for and just be more present. And so I've definitely, I've definitely broken that over the past two, three years. And I still, I'm still working on it, but I think those are like the three habits that I'm trying to break. And if not have broken, um, what about your morning routine? Yeah. Bath, pray. Um, I've started to leave my phone on in my office, which is like the basement. Our master is third floor. And so like I started putting it on like the kitchen and like the main floor. Um, but I kept hearing the dings and like the, so I'm like, I'm still connected to it in some way. I know someone just messaged me or email. And so I'll just put it downstairs in my office. So I don't hear anything. Obviously I could just shut off my phone and not hear anything, but I like having it on and whatever. So that's like part of it. I come down, get my phone and I try to sit in a sauna almost every day. You know, it's just, I mean, I see you in it as well. It's just like, there's something about just sitting in the sauna and sweating and, you know, and, and, and I just feel amazing. I feel like, you know, I, I like a new, um, lizard with like new skin, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good for the day. You know, then always, you know, always have my coffee. I drink coffee and I microdose, I microdose psilocybin every morning, uh, maybe like four or five times a week. Wow. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. So, <laughs> and I, I'm starting to be more open about it. Psilocybin, I think, uh, opens up part of your, I know it does. It opens up part of your brain that you normally wouldn't have access to. And so mushrooms is like, uh, it's a sacred plant and people have been using it for centuries to really open the mind and, and, and in the psychedelic world. And of course, just like anything, if you overdose on it, or if you're taking too much, you're going to get loopy. If you drink 10 bottles of tequila, you're going to have alcoholism. You know, if you, if you smoke too much weed, you're going to be a zombie. And if you take too much mushrooms, you're probably going to see, you know, three different types of dinosaurs, you know, <laughs> like, like something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But by taking uh, mushrooms in like a microdose form, uh, Steve Jobs, Joe Rogan, we go on about, you know, the CEOs and entrepreneurs that do it. Um, it just helps open your brain. Everything's emphasized a little bit more. You're more focused, you're more positive, um, and you're creative as a motherfucker. <laughs> like you are just like going. And I, I think that's probably what I like about it more. It helps me think even more outside the box than I normally do. And so I'll go two days on, one day's off. And so usually four times a week, never on the weekends. Are you on right now? Yeah. Fuck you. We got Dev on the pod tripping balls. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, that's so good, man. That's so good. You know, I, um, there's a few, there's a, you know, it's, it's, I have friends that are, that are, are hardcore about microdosing. Um, and I wish I could, like, I'm unfortunately cut from a, a gnarly, uh, gnarly silk where I just can't step into that. I also don't look at it as a drug. I look at it as like a sacred plant, um, that you have to respect and, um, and not abuse. And you have to like, you just have to respect it, right? You have to understand that you have, there's a plant that is for a better reason that you're taking and it's going to help amplify things in your life, but respect the fuck out of it. Don't overdose it. And, and, and don't get too, too comfortable with it. Cause you have to stay on top of it. And I think, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it definitely helps. I mean, for me at least, and it helps me kind of stay balanced for sure. 
That's awesome. What is, uh, do you have an, do you have an evening routine? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I try to like kind of zone down and, you know, start to, I take a bath every night. I look at my whoop strain for the day. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, my, my end of the day call with Jade just to see, um, you know, what we have planned for the next day and, you know, what we kind of missed today. Um, and then, you know, go to the store, get some steaks. I, I try to eat like steaks probably like three, four times a week, throw them on the grill, um, get some good, like wholesome vegetables and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. Just chill out. No calls after four or 5 PM. Devin, you're the man. I can't thank you enough for spending the time with me today, dude. If you guys don't know about Devin Levesque or if you um, want to learn more, where could, where could we find you? Uh, you can find on YouTube, Devin Levesque. You could find me on Instagram um, or DevinLevesque.com is kind of where everything sits. And so, yeah, that'd be amazing. And any support is, is much appreciated. You're a legend, dude. I, I, you know, I, I'm after this next bodybuilding competition for me, my goal is to get back into the, uh, more athletic style of training, uh, the handstands and the flips. I'm coming for you, bro. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I have you. a new program coming out. It's called, um, be an athlete. And we're going to be using a lot of tennis balls, a lot of hand-eye coordination, simple things as brushing your teeth with your left hand, um, to get better coordination in your, in, in your right side of the brain. Um, cause your left controls, right. So stuff like that, just to do like more in-depth training barefoot. So we'll, we'll get you on the program. Hell yeah, Devin. Um, last question, man, Devin Levake, you think you were, uh, born or made? Made. Made. I knew it. Awesome time with Devin Levake. That guy is a true legend. He is one of the most positive guys I know. He is one of the most humble guys I know. He also happens to be one of the most unbelievable athletes I know. We didn't really get into his style of training. The things that he does are is just is just remarkable. I love his energy. I really, really, really love his energy and the fact that he opened up uh, with us about his father and the hardship and, and adversity that he dealt with there and how his bear crawl, which we also really didn't get too much into, but how, how his marathon bear crawl was really inspired and motivated by uh, his, his father's um, suicide. What a guy. If you don't follow him, you definitely should. Um, he is as kind and gracious in person as he is on social media and on this podcast. So I was, I was just super grateful to, uh, to get him on. Anyways, guys, you know I love you much. I appreciate you. If you loved this podcast, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Go on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and a, uh, and a review. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this journey of Born or Made. Until the next one, peace.